0: I've been working in the garden. I've been growing stuff all summer. This is Future Ben, by the way. And there's some of these vegetables that are just kicking my booty. Some of them are just hard. And we're going to talk about what we think the hardest vegetables in the summer garden are. Right here on the Backyard Gardens podcast. Clank it away, Batavia.
1: (laughs) To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste.
0: Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast where we talk about all things gardening and give the information out for you to be successful in your garden whether it's your first or your last. We are your hosts, Ben the Backyard Gardener and
2: Batavia the Front Yard Gardener.
0: One in the country,
2: one in the city.
0: Now get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening, as we learn to grow and grow for change. If you're done dropping stuff, we can now start on the wonderful show today.
2: I, I'm i done dropping things. <laughs> 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 Part of my uh, desk is a glass top, and well, I'm just yeah. lucky that this glass top is in one piece just based on my general uh, clumsiness.
0: There's a reason why I don't have glass tops anywhere in my house, mm-hmm. so... Uh, hard vegetables Yeah This is going to be uh, Interesting Hard No Hard Yeah Hard to grow Hard to grow mm-hmm. So first hard to of all grow Summer vegetables Summer Summer First of all I want to go And say You are running out of time To sign up to win our seeds Come on man We've run ads on the show Telling you how to do it You've heard it You've, There's no excuse mm-hmm. You need to go And make this happen So
2: Let um, us you give have, you an opportunity To help you
0: yeah. Well yeah, I like they'll confuse that maybe, but yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You have two days. Two days to do it. And and you need to check out the backyard garden kitchen. First episode dropped. Boom. Yeah, Apparently, man. Mr. Gardner sticks a huge amount of pancakes in his mouth on camera. That shocked Batavius. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I felt like it was some type of challenge that I wasn't aware of. Uh, No. So
0: so what it was is, um, so I watched it with my mom and she was like, you're just like your grandfather. He did the same thing, (laughs) which is funny because I was cooking food that represented him.
2: Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. it was
0: interesting. And Batavia called me out on
2: it. So Yeah. It's like, if you think about how much food you can get on a fork and it feels like that's generally a challenge in your life. So if you didn't get, as much food on that fork, then you can get that much food in your mouth. So I was yeah. impressed, though.
0: Hey, look, that's I'm a master at, at it.
2: That's a that's a spoiler. I just, you know, clearly, if I was impressed, perhaps you. It was, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, you know, now the next season, we'll have to point out, like, we'll have to make it a challenge and see. No, my wife will die because she's standing right next to me the whole time. <laughs> but yeah, check it out. We uh, we cooked pancakes on that episode and we have six more to come out. So and then I have I don't have a question today. I have a comment. Um, a very interesting comment, too, if I can find it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this is somebody who was digging in their yard. And he says, This is why I hate Facebook. <laughs>
2: Because it gets lost. You know what I mean? While you're looking for that, I just want to make sure for folks that may be listening to this later, the giveaway you mentioned at the top of the show is for May 1st, 2021. So if you're listening to it, this episode, after that point, keep on listening because I'm sure there will be a future giveaway.
0: Oh, we have multiple ones planned. So mm Here we go. It says...
2: So this is on Backyard Gardens on Facebook?
0: Yeah, it is on okay. Facebook. He is. Um I've come across a major con to in ground gardening. Mm. You don't know what's down there. <laughs> Today I found a metal bucket, several plates, some ball jars, lots of concrete, bricks, and two cat burials. Not oh one, no! But two. No. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Uh, that's just that's great because I have a similar story uh, not the cat burials part but okay. um, so we were out in our yard and we were digging <clears throat> well okay I found a deer head in the woods so I dug a hole to bury it because if you bury it you know it'll clear off all of the skull and everything mm-hmm. and you'll have just a skull so I buried it I came back like two weeks later not even two weeks maybe like five days Everything's gone.
2: Here, Something mm-hmm. came and dug
0: it up. So I'm ah, like, "What the okay. hell?" Start digging around, digging around. I start finding plates, and all this stuff. Right? We start finding like cologne bottles that are like three or four inches tall, and they said like you know ten cents on them. They're really old. One of them was a a medicine for consumption, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so we looked into all of this stuff. And it basically what the medicine was is it was just heroin.
1: Mm-hmm. In in a
0: bottle. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, back in... And so, we dated the plates that we found, and we found a lot of them back to the 1800s. Oh, wow. Early 1800s. I looked up what they would be worth if they were all in one piece. $1,500 a plate. Wow. That's if impressive. they were in one piece. They were in about 14 each, so they weren't any good, but... It was very interesting. But yeah, you never know what you're going to find in your yard when you dig. So,
2: yeah. My story is not at all as interesting as the listener from Facebook or yours. I just but mine had tears. So, when I it's not even in my um my vegetable garden, but in when I used to plant flowers closer to the house and then in the flower bed that sits street side in in the front, Um, just, just the number of bricks, you know, and you're not talking like, like almost like concrete spaces. I, um, remember my intention is to plant perennials there and I mean, they're expensive. So you start, you buy them, right. And then Mm -hmm. you start digging up. I'm going to put them in this space. And the amount of times I've hit concrete or big bricks, I mean, just too big for me to be able to, to move, um, I just, I was nearly in tears because it's just like, this is my plan. I want to put this here, this there. Um, it is interesting what's under the soil. And then there's breaks also the that that bit of uh, kind of, that thing has been sitting under, I mean, concrete's fine, you know, from my perspective, yeah. but it's been sitting under that soil and kind of feeding the soil over all that time. All right. uh, Sometimes not so great stuff. Uh, I did see someone comment recently in a different um, group that I'm in online asking, what's the deal with raised beds? Like, why are you guys spending time and money, you know, developing this, this garden when, you know, this person just said, I just plant in the ground, you know, so bless those that can. Tell, tell everybody why we
0: use raised beds. You can't leave an open-ended tip like that.
2: I could do anything I want to do.
0: Well, I can't. I can't. Okay, it makes right. me uncomfortable.
2: Yeah. I mean, there are a couple of different <laughs> reasons. So, it's not... So, as an example of that, like we were talking about, um, sometimes, and most times for me, I've seen the soil that... Um, that's in ground would take more time than people want to give to rebuild. Right. You know, some people have soil that's more sandy, you know, not so much here in Chicago for me, um, but it's a way to kind of create your canvas. Right. You know, yeah. so you get to dictate what comes into your yard and what you're growing in. It is more Expensive, you know, period. There's no, you know, asterisk around that you're buying soil, you're buying potentially compost, you're buying potentially some structure to create that raised bed. Um, but in most cases, once you're done, you're done. Um, and I actually have, as far as one of the hard to grow summer vegetables, part of the soil is a part of the reason why I think I struggle with it too. Uh, so yeah. yeah what do you want to so, add there? Cause I'm sure you do.
0: No, I, Basically, it's just, you know, so you can control the soil that Mm -hmm. goes into your garden. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really why I did it. That's why I've always done it. Mm -hmm. And it helps with um, a a little bit less for like weeds getting in and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It makes it a little bit harder for them, Mm -hmm. but... As I've proven in the past, it's very easy for weeds to get into a raised bed. So don't yeah. make a raised bed solely on that, unless you make one that's five feet tall, which is in my future the older I get. So,
2: my uh, first gardens for the first years, it was just directly in the ground, um, you know, very little, if any, added soil, you know. So there is that. Now, now I, I'm running. I can't judge that garden compared to today's garden because I mean, just even what I've learned over these many years impacts yeah. you know kind of what I'm getting out of that space so
0: now I'm running raised beds and ground beds now mm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so what I did so actually kind of interesting how this feeds into it so remember I told you about the plates that we dug up
2: yeah I mean so like eight minutes ago the plates yeah. okay yeah, yeah I remember eight mm-hmm. minutes
0: ago so basically what it is is we dug a trench kind of looking for more stuff mm-hmm. and then I was like well I gotta fill it back in didn't fill in right so we emptied our chicken poop and I put a a lot of doo-doo in there um, two years ago. Mm
2: -hmm. And then I just
0: covered it up. Well, this year, I'm like, I'm fixing a plant right there because I know that there's some stuff cooking in that, Uh down in that trench. So, um, just kind of interesting how that kind of fed into it for Mm me. Mm -hmm. But, um, we'll see how it goes because it's going to be another in-ground bed. Yeah. Yeah, You know what I mean? And I'm not my history with in-ground beds have not been as successful as raised beds mm-hmm. for you know all the reasons that you say. But if you add compost onto those in-ground beds and you just kind of work them and put mulch on them and stuff, mm-hmm. in time, that stuff will work down and it'll be just as good as a raised bed. It just takes a little bit longer.
2: Yeah. You know, I and I wonder, there's a tinge of, I think, social media gardening. Go ahead and put that episode on your playlist. Um, mm-hmm. I was thinking about this because, remember, my front yard garden was grass for many moons, right? I dug up the grass, um, which I hope to never do myself again in my history or future of gardening. Horrible. Yeah, terrible. Um, Luckily it was a super wet spring. So it was a little bit easier, but dug up the grass. And there is a moment where the entire front yard was just bare dirt. And so in that moment, I could have stopped and said, huh, you know, I could plant here. Um, Uh But I also considered like how crappy my grass had been, you know, so that also is a a reflection of how healthy my soil underneath that grass was. So um, I mentioned social media gardening because there was um, the aesthetic that I was interested in. And that probably is less about social media, but more about being in the front yard. I've talked about this a bit, you know, the desire to have this look (laughs) I'm going to use the term polished (laughs) with dirt, you know, so anyway. Well, I mean, it's, it's social media
0: guardian because you're influenced by what you see. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And this was before you were really trying to put yourself out there. Mm -hmm, Correct mm -hmm. me if I'm wrong.
2: Yeah. I mean, yep. I mean I didn't yeah. even have a Instagram for yeah gardening but you at that were point. still
0: influenced by what yep. you saw and it's just like the HGTV effect
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: you know what I mean like I saw on the makeover show they did this and yeah. you know and it's like I can do that too yeah and then you go to do it and you're like uh I don't know yeah. you know and it's just it sets that bar higher in your mind and makes it harder to meet yeah and that's I kind don't of,
2: that's, regret it though for one minute no. I was, because um, w- cause clearly we're just going to talk, right? So I'll continue. Um, no, 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 no. I was actually going to stop us. <laughs> I was just going to say, um, yeah, I'm really happy with the decision of the raised beds in the front yard, so. Yeah. Yeah, there's a
0: whole another. I mean, even though we did a social media gardening last year, we could do one every year. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
0: So uh, stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. But um, what we're going to do now, let's take a break. And then we'll come back and we'll get started on the most difficult vegetables to grow in our gardens in the summertime.
2: Uh. <laughs> Since you're listening to this, then something tells me you like to cook.
0: Hey, y'all. Miss Gardner and I have been busy whipping up some food in the backyard kitchen.
2: Check us out as we grow some of our ingredients.
0: But most importantly, we just try to get the recipe right. Available now on YouTube at Backyard Gardens.
2: Remember, if you grow it, We will cook it or can it.
0: All right, Batavia, because I'm a southern gentleman and that's the kind of person I am, I would Mm -hmm. like for the ladies to go first. I would like to know what your number one or number five or four, whatever, (laughs) hardest vegetable for you to grow in your garden is.
2: Uh, So I am going to go with a firm answer of squash. And I'm going to say squash as of the last year or two. Right. What kind of squash? I'm. If you give me a moment, I will say oh. all squash. <laughs> so, no. Um, no, I mean, I, um, I'm going to hone in on summer squash. So your zucchini, oh. uh, your yellow squash. I've teetered around with a couple of kind of non-traditional squash for summer um, and struggled with them for a couple of reasons. Um, the pest of the squash vine bore is one yeah i know i know it's <laughs> old man yelling at cloud right um and i think also keeping the plants healthy that actually has been a struggle for me over the years but i ended up getting you know it's powdery mildew i end up getting more um uh, fruit you know veggies off the plant before it really succumbs to the the powdery powdery mildew um can, so can we stop for a second yeah
0: And just talk about the squash vine borer. Because are we really saying here that the squash is hard to grow? Or are we just saying that the squash vine borer is hard to beat?
2: Well, I I think for, I mean, for me and my list, all of these things are hard to grow because of something that's being influenced. It's not the plant itself. So squash vine borers are hard to beat. Powdery mildew is hard to beat, you know, um, they're both aggressive, you know? And so once they've taken hold, uh, you may need to start, you know, packing up, man.
0: So when I was up North, so this is on mine too. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you knew that because I have a true affinity of hate for the squash vine boar. I mean, I talk about guttural hate (laughs) (laughs) and, um, I've always had it. You know what I mean? I always get it. But like when mm-hmm. I was up north in zone, I think we've decided I was in like 6A or 5B. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I always was able to get squash, even though I had the squash vine borer. Yeah. And I would always get so much squash that I would be thankful that this plant would die. Because I would just get tired of eating it. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: But now that I'm here, like I can't, I can't beat it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I've come home. And the squash vine borer is just like immediately on it. So I don't know what to do. Um, I have done a lot of research and I think it would be... It would be doing our, our audience a disservice if we didn't talk about how we can try and mm-hmm. beat this thing. Mm-hmm. And if there was one bug that I would say we could we should eradicate off this planet, that would be it.
2: Yeah. It's a garden assassin, man. Like It is. Uh, I mean, I guess the only, if there's a half glass, half full or making lemons out of lemonade, like from what I've seen, it doesn't attack other other plants or other vegetables. Mm-mm. Just squash, right? So there are a couple Except- of-
0: Butternut, squash, and winter squashes. It is nowhere near as susceptible to the the what we'll call the SVB because I'm not even going to give it the benefit of saying <laughs> its name anymore.
2: She's <laughs> <you're> so silly. <laughs> <laughs> you shall be named an acronym because that's how much we despise you. Uh, right. So squash vine board known as SVB. Okay. Mm, well, we Let's come up with a name of it. I'm gonna call it the little bastard. That's mm-hmm. what I'm gonna call All it. Right, we can go with that. So, <laughs> so I have seen a few different things. I've not successfully um, eradicated it once it's set root, right? And so, just to to note. I have some theories around why it's introduced to my garden, but I'm talking years of growing like your regular zucchini and never even seeing it, didn't even know it was a thing in the last couple of years. Oh, it's a thing, baby. So I've seen people and we've talked about this before, I think, wrapping your um, the vine right with aluminum foil. So don't let them get in. Right. I've seen uh-huh. that. I've not had success with it. I've seen people say bury the stem. Right. Uh-huh. And so I'm going to try that this year. Um, so you're basically, you know, kind of hiding the thing thereafter, because what they end up doing is they insert themselves kind of into that stem and then they basically eat their way out. Uh, and right. once that stem is detached from the plant, your plant's dead, man. Um, I've well, seen.
0: So the number one way to tell, too, if you don't catch it, is you're going to come out one day and it's going to look like it hasn't been watered. It's going to be mm-hmm, wilted. Mm-hmm. And when you see that, it's done. Yeah. Okay. You, yeah. It'll look good. It'll perk back up. And you're going to be like, oh, it's good. Let me tell you, after all these years, it's done.
2: Yeah. I, um, last year I, i tried a few different things since container gardening was one of them. And I had, um, I think probably a direct, so who knows, yellow or yellow squash or zucchini in a five gallon bucket. And mm-hmm. so in my mind, when I approached it, I said, Oh, it's wilted. You know, it's hard keeping up with those kind of, you know, thirsty plants with a five gallon bucket. Right. And so I got closer and I'm like, Oh, okay. So this, this, this the top of this plant decided to to exit from the root of the plant. Um mm-hmm. and I can't remember for sure. I'm pretty sure that I had probably already seen the potential damage of the squash vine bore. But anyway, it strikes fast. So I've seen we've talked about this, and I even bought the syringes, but just didn't have the you know what to do it. I did um, it. The inserting BT through a syringe or, you know, via syringe into the stem. So this is after the plant has been infested with a squash vine borer. And that should kill that bad boy. Um, Mm. It didn't work. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) No. So. um,
0: I wonder if Amazon
2: would take back those syringes. (laughs) A year uh, later.
0: No. So uh, I tried to. I'm, I'm waging an all out nuclear war. On the Little Bastards this year. This is what I'm doing. Okay, you ready?
1: Mm-hmm. I'm
0: burying the stem.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm sp- I'm going to do a routine spray of BT and Neem Oil. And I'm going to cover it with Thule fabric, I think Tool. it is. T- yeah. T-U-L-L-E.
2: That's what I cover my brassicas with. So, I got a
0: $7 for a 10 by 5 piece of fabric. hmm Okay. And I'm going to do that. Because here's the key, squash fine bore, excuse me, the little bastard doesn't stay around, but for like six weeks. So you just have to weather that storm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that being said, I'm doing everything I can. I injected it last year. Um, so what I did is I did that as a routine thing. Every once in a while, I'd go out there and inject it. I still got it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, so I'm gonna do it if I have to, I'll do it again. I've even done surgery on a plant and I've cut it open and pulled out the big old mm-hmm. meaty one. I've done that, and then I wrapped it and buried it, and mm-hmm. it did okay once I buried the vine, but it still didn't come back. Yeah. And then the key is though, we're calling it a vine. Right? So what that means is wherever that vine contacts soil, it mm-hmm. will grow roots. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So that's what we want to do. Yeah. We want to grow roots. So, you know, you can always if it gets infected, you can slice it, kill it, carry it out, pack it, wrap it, bury it. Mm -hmm. And then that can help, too. But
2: yeah. um, And then I'm going to move on just real quickly to powdery mildew, which I've had. I I was looking back at some videos and some clips of things that I've taken over the years and I've seen the remnants of it. I've seen, Mm -hmm. you know, powdery mildew on um, zucchini. At the end of the season, right? Uh-huh. It hadn't really taken so much hold where it had destroyed the plant yet, um, and still had fruit. Um, so for that, I think, you know, kind of the prevention is making sure you have good airflow. Um, so these plants can get huge. And I'm a packer, like I pack things into my garden. Um, so making sure you have good hair uh hair flow, <laughs> air flow. hair flow. <laughs> making sure you have good airflow is a way to try to prevent it. Um, you're going to love when I say kind of crop rotation is important when it comes to powdery mildew. Um, if yeah, you have anything living in the soil between the garden seasons and you had some bout with powdery mildew, So 2020, if I had powdery mildew in bed number six, right, if I still had things living, you know, over the course of the winter in that soil, that powdery mildew kind of still has a home there. And so it's going to be a challenge for things that are susceptible to powdery mildew that next year. Now, if I do a good job at doing things like cleaning the garden up, good maintenance, everything is dead, I have a better shot at it. So anyway, all of that said, for me, I'm going to be quite frank. I I don't need squash in my garden. I said it. What are you going to do? Right. Um, And I've really considered just not growing it. You know, so for me, I'm not trying to do a whole lot of things to avoid it, to, you know, eradicate it once it's set in. I'm going to take whatever veggies I've gotten off of that plant and and count that as a win and move on. Yeah.
0: No. And I, I mean, I didn't grow squash or zucchini for four years and I just started again last year Mm -hmm. trying Mm -hmm. and I'm going to try, I'm going to keep trying for a little while and, you know, see what happens.
2: So just one quick note. One, um, I just replant too. So when I was purchasing starter plants, you know, three bucks a pop. Well, yeah, that's super disappointing, you know, but if you're using seeds, uh, and direct sowing for squash, again, summer squash, it, it pops up pretty quickly um so i've kind of used that as a method to deal with it meaning pull a plant once it's dead you know pop another seed in get a more a few more um squash off the plant and then just keep moving so yeah i
0: mean that's you know and they grow so fast mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it's it's one of those that you can direct sow mm-hmm. and re-sow mm-hmm. and that's important yeah mine um so that was that was one of mine. That's why I was able. I was willing to camp out on it for a minute. Yeah. yeah. Um. So one of mine, and actually, I'm gonna start with the controversial one mm-hmm. from the easiest. And I would say uh, watermelons can be an <laughs> easy and a hard one. Mm-hmm. And w- when I say watermelons, I mean watermelons, pumpkins, um, anything like that. You know, cantaloupes, mm-hmm, yeah. honeydews, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, And one of them is because one, they take up a lot of room. Mm-hmm. Two, they are very susceptible to powdery mildew, mm-hmm. even though I have not had one totally succumb to powdery mildew. But the hardest part about them um, is even though you can easily get a watermelon on it it takes so long for that watermelon to mature that you really have to nurse it yeah and that's that's a hard thing so Mm
2: -hmm. yeah i think um and again back to your question around kind of what defines heart i think absolutely space like some of these melons are invasive even you know, so yeah. not so much where they're going to keep on coming back, like, you know, that dangerous mint, you know, peppermint or, you know, spearmint or anything like that. Um, but they can choke out other plants really easily. I actually mm-hmm. had melons choke out other melons last year. Um, and, I, you know, I think that some people struggle with even pollination for some some melons. Um, so. I've not, I've only grown melons one year. Um, and I had really good luck with them last year. Um, and that's just because based on the number of melons I planted, the different types. So I just felt satisfied. Yeah. But my watermelon, again, we've talked about this, just nope, nothing, not yeah. a watermelon was enjoyed. So
0: yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough, you know, and I mean, even though. We did say it was the easiest one because it Mm -hmm. will just grow freely. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. you do have to contain it and stuff like that. Now, the ways to beat it are just like in the easiest one. And I'll go over this very quickly. Mm -hmm. I don't want to spend much time on it because you can go back and listen to it if you Mm -hmm. want. Mm -hmm. But I get like smaller fruit sized melons and stuff like that, smaller pumpkins and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, where they don't take as long to mature. So you're at least getting something off of that plant, even though it might, you know, you might have something succumb to something else mm-hmm. or whatever. But um, you know, anything with a really big leaf is easily for powdery mildew, and we're probably yeah. you're probably going to hear that a lot throughout this episode. It's powdery mildew.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Um, I fight it every year, and I know Batavia. She does a little bit, but you're a lot drier climate than I am. So
2: yeah, and I think even though I'm a lot drier, it's my garden habits. You know, yeah. so always planting two when it really should be one. Um, and just as a note, I have started the the garden season off this spring, trying to be better at that. We'll see how I do in the summer. And just yeah. also one more note: all plants, you know, aren't the suckers for powdery mildew, right? You know, so it's not like everything in your garden is going to be attacked by it.
0: Um, right. But those that are susceptible to it.
2: Yeah, those things that are susceptible to it do once it. Sets. Anyway, I don't want to, I don't want to pile on again. All right. So my next one is um, blueberries, right? Blueberry plants. Yep. I'm telling you what's hard for me, brother. Listen, uh, so I think remember we were talking about kind of in ground beds like a little bit ago. Um, I tried blueberry plants a couple of seasons ago and I've not been successful with them. And also I added it not just because it's one year I experienced problems with it, but I watched my neighbor plant a blueberry bush last year. Um, and, you know, I'm saying a garden prayer for her because they're one of those plants where um, or fruits where, you don't necessarily expect a whole bunch that first year. It really has to set you know, its roots. And so this year, I'm hoping and hoping for it because she was so excited about it. Um, but it's soil mixture. How many years has she had it? This, is on, this will be the second year. This she year won't have a lot this year Yeah Well uh, I don't No one's wanting a lot I think we just want something You know <laughs> Like when it comes to this um. It's
0: very minimal So I've had my bushes This is the fourth year And mm-hmm. I just actually Right before we got on here I went and looked at them And they are loaded mm-hmm. For the first time They're mm-hmm. like legit loaded Yeah um, Now We Are known for our blueberries Around here We mm-hmm. have like a blueberry festival And all that stuff So our soil is like Really I guess it's good for blueberries, but um, yeah, it takes years to get them from. And I I agree with you. That's I don't know. Like mine were pretty easy because I just put them. I don't even water them or anything. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they take years, I would consider that hard because I mean, who wants to plant something and wait three years to really get anything off of it? You know?
2: Yeah, but I mean, I think it's everything from. Even acquiring the plant. So in some places, um, it's not as easy as going to the local store and getting the plant. Right. In other places it is. If you get them shipped to you like I did, you know, it's like you have to strike right then and there because they're sending that root to you. You know, Mm -hmm. so it's a live plant. Um, I think that, and I was scrolling through because I had some notes regarding, um, the soil blueberries, like acidic soil. And I'm uh-huh. like, well, what the fuck does that mean? You know what I'm saying? So it's doing the research on trying to figure out what that means. Is your garden already acidic? And I'm going to say mine isn't amending that to try to get the right mixture. I mean, I think it's just, it definitely is a garden project. Um, also these are plants that like you talk about, you want to leave over a number of years. So you're dedicating that space to it. Um, I think there's a whole concept around fruit trees, right? This is a bush, but fruit trees and, and kind of the, um, the commitment, if you will. So I do want to just note for all of these that we've named and those that we are naming, we are giving you kind of tips on how to manage it. Because this shouldn't be like, don't try these, right? There's some people that have really good luck with it. And I'm of the mindset of give it a try because you may break the code, right? Go ahead.
0: Yeah. I mean, you you kind of opened up a good question for me. And I think we will need to discuss this a little bit more uh, further. But, you know, when you said you ordered them and your soil's not acidic and you start putting it together and it's Mm -hmm. like, well, yeah, I did order them. Maybe they don't need to be. Maybe I should. You know, maybe ordering plants isn't the best idea. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Maybe you're you're ordering stuff that doesn't really need to be there.
2: Yeah, well, you know, and yeah.
0: that's something to think about because even though you can order it, I mean, you know, hey, you know, okay, we just did the backyard kitchen and we were talking about um, lingonberries on there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, lingonberries are a berry that I I. I when I put the little info bubble in, mm-hmm. it said they prefer colder temperatures. Yeah. They require
2: colder mm-hmm. temperatures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I can order a plant and grow it here. Yeah. And it won't make it. You know what I mean? But I can still acquire that plant. So, yeah. it's a good question. is like, just because you can buy it, can you plant it? Can you grow it? Yeah.
2: And so, I was... um I Ordered them online versus buying what was in the stores because it was clear this is an organic farm, right? Right, and they're producing or these plants and using organic methods. Um, I think I probably would have been better off just going to the local Home Depot and seeing if I could actually grow berries here. Um, so I did the research on these berries, it was like Jersey or something I bought them from, like where right. it was being shipped. Um, and obviously, Jersey's pretty cold as well. Um, and I can grow berries in Chicago, uh, blueberries in Chicago, but it doesn't mean that it's going to be easy, you know? So, I mean, I think that's just, it's the, um, how much fight do you have in you? And the reason why I wanted to grow blueberries, not to mention that I had to order like a minimum of X plants and the space that those plants take. Um, but they're so freaking expensive in the store and I really enjoy them. Right, yeah. you know, but so, you
0: have to have a lot of bushes in order to get... And I mean, yep. you have to have years to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I ordered high, berry blue, uh, high bush blueberries. Mm-hmm. And like I said, three to four years later, mm-hmm. they're starting to come. Now that I've seen that, I want to double the amount of blueberries so that I can actually get something... That's like, you know, because I mean, we get them and we'll add them in our cereal. Yeah. yeah. But then your harvest is gone.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You
0: know, and my, the point of my harvest is like, let's get some and then keep it going. Yeah. So we spaced them pretty far apart. So what our plan is, is to actually put in between the gaps on another row, put another set.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we have
0: another set of them. But I mean, you know, that being said, if it's not supposed to grow there, it's not, I mean, we have acidic soil here. Mm-hmm. So. So I think it's
2: your your climate as well as the space you have, right? So I think that there is the, I wish I could grow everything, um, and I can't, period. Also, the things that may do okay here, again, are they, am I setting them up to thrive? Right. You know, I think that becomes the question mark. So,
0: Well, I mean, it it, it becomes so much work to get a blueberry that you're like, <laughs> you, know you know what I mean? my
2: hourly garden rate times how much I've spent, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, and it's like all the amendments to make the soil mm-hmm, acidic and mm-hmm. this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. And I know there's free stuff you can do, but it's just all the effort. And it's like, yeah. really? And I mean, the amount you're going to get off one bush yeah. is not going to be impressive. Mm-hmm. You know, you're never going to get a pint off of a bush. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're going to get. An eighth of a pint. And that's why you need multiple bushes. And they actually um, are
2: um, just a tinge bit of, I think some of these plants, it's recommended to grow at least two together is what I remember from when I was researching it a couple of years back. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think also there's a part of like getting frustrated. Right. So yeah. the garden is a happy place and I'm OK with, you know, I'm a troubleshooter. That's what I do. Right. You got a problem. Go ahead. Send me a message. Not garden related. I don't care. I could troubleshoot it with you. Um, and <laughs> be careful what I ask for. Right. Um, but there's some things that I was thinking about dedicating one of the beds inside of the cage baby to berries because it's inside of the cage. That means that I'm sacrificing space that I would grow tomatoes. Right. And so I paused and just thought, like, once I plant them, I'm in. And yeah. the reality of how many years do I want to watch this thing and hope that it works out to get me a pint of berries in a few years versus all of the veggies that can get out of that bed, you know, so. Yeah. In and the, the future, same with like, my future garden space, I'm going all in when it comes to fruit, but that's not this space, so.
0: Yeah. And that's the whole thing, too, with um like tr- like fruit trees and stuff like that. It just takes so long mm-hmm, that it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm all about it, but. If you're going to plant a fruit tree, don't wait five years to plant that fruit tree. Because you'll be like me, like with asparagus. Like I have put off every year growing asparagus. Uh I'm like, if I would have grown asparagus, I would be getting asparagus right now. But I've put it off because it takes two years to get asparagus harvest. So, you know, and at some point, like, am I ever going to grow asparagus? I don't know. But damn, if I would have just done it, I would grow it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's two years. And then it's the idea of that permanent space, too. I just, you know, I'm. I do have commitment issues in the garden. I want yeah. to decide every year to plant something different in a space if I want to. So,
0: yeah. Um, I'm going to say it's one that's kind of unpopular tomatoes.
2: <laughs> you know what? It's actually on my list, too. And you know, go ahead. We talked about this a little bit as well. The, gift yeah, and the tomatoes, curse of it.
0: They're, they're not easy Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i don't care who you are they're not easy to grow now i think we all have good practice at growing them but they get i mean diseases they get blight they get um septoria leaf spot like i had last year Mm -hmm. they get leaf curl from being hot so they don't grow they get stunted they grow wild and they get too big you get uh cracked fruits you get um You aphids, obviously, but you get tomato hornworms, which only focus on the tomatoes. I mean, you know, the list goes on and on and on form. And we all still grow. And there is a such thing as a $75 tomato. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And Mm -hmm. if you break down. No, like people break (laughs) down how much they spend on stuff to grow a tomato. Mm -hmm. You could very quickly be like, it is not worth it for me Mm -hmm. to grow a tomato.
2: So... It hurts my garden soul to have this on the list. Um, and I think that I've overall had really good luck. That's not going to bail with tomatoes, but I've had some struggle years and I've Mm -hmm. also seen some people really struggle. I mean, sunlight is a, is important. Like it's one Mm -hmm. that wants that sun. Um, and it's. Like we talked about, a staple of the garden, and it's disappointing when you don't get what you're looking for out of a tomato plant. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think it, we'd be remiss if we didn't have it on the hard to grow summer vegetables. Yeah, it's not it's easy to grow. Much it is just as not easy. I reject it in my soul. My brain yeah. knows better.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's unfortunate. And I mean, I don't really think, you know, If you want to break down like how to stop all these things, Mm -hmm. you know, garden walks to get rid of the tomato hornworms, pick them off with your hand and step on them. Mm -hmm. It's gross, but you just pick it up, drop it, step on it. Boom. Mm -hmm. Just a second in your hand. Um, you know, leaf spot diseases, airflow in humidity, um, blight. That is a lot of times it's a calcium issue. Um, Mm -hmm. could Mm -hmm. be a pH issue too. Um, Anything else you can think of that can cause blight? Blights. A t- I think a lot of things get lumped into the term blight as well.
2: Yeah, I I don't have anything else to think about when it comes to the blight. But I do, um, you know, blossom in rot is something that, going back to you know, kind of calcium, yeah. is. I think that gets lumped into blight a lot. So disappointing because it's that, oh, good, good, good. It looks good. It looks good. Oh, no, it doesn't. you know
0: And so that happens to watermelons and really any kind of fruiting vegetable. Mm -hmm. Um, And as we know, um, when we talked about soil and I went over my soil test Mm -hmm. and I was convinced that I was getting blossom end rot because I didn't have calcium, when in fact I had plenty of calcium, Mm -hmm. but my pH was... Um, so out of balance that it could not transport the calcium to the plant.
2: Yeah. And hard. So it's not just a
0: calcium thing.
2: Hard also means pinpointing what the problem is. Yeah. You know, so, um, I've actually seen blossom end rot once or twice on peppers in my garden too. Yeah. Just a note. Now Um,
0: cracking tomatoes, you know, getting that water consistency. Timing. Yeah. Timing, you know, not letting it dry out. Um, you know, in our area and in warmer areas, a lot of times it also cracks because the tomato gets so hot that it actually starts mm. to boil inside of the tomato.
2: One of the things that's a struggle of tomatoes is the lack of consistency. Like each year could bring something different, you know, yeah. and it may not be different from a problem, but it could just even be. I remember we talked about um some of your big tomatoes, your um your big boys, and what's the other one that's um. Beefsteak steak, tomatoes, mm-hmm. like I love big slicers and some years my garden just doesn't produce them. Some yeah. years my garden, you know, kind of, it either doesn't produce the quantity of those types. Um, the plants, you know, succumb to sickness sooner than others. Like it's just, but some years it's absolutely, I'm rocking and rolling with your big old tomatoes. So like, I always get the quantity. I just never get the quality. Mm. So taste, which we know things like water, things like time of day for harvest all influence. um, I mean, you have to say soil components all influence tomatoes. Um, So it also. But I mean,
0: I know that people are like, I grow tomatoes and I get them all the time. I'm like, you may. Mm -hmm. How many of those tomatoes are cracked at the top? (laughs) Okay. Let's be honest. Now, it is okay to eat a cracked tomato on top, one Mm -hmm. that's split. Mm -hmm. It's fine. But let's be honest, we should not be having that issue. Yeah. You don't buy them in the grocery store, right? You don't buy them in the grocery store.
2: And I even, I don't give away cracked tomatoes because I just don't want to go through the whole, it's fine, you could just cut off the top. You know, like, that's just not.
0: Oh, I give them away. And if they're like, eh, I'm like, don't eat it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm keeping the nice one.
2: (laughs) I was also going to say, since it's a part of the nightshade family, it also, um, there's a whole list of shit you, you shouldn't grow with it. Right. It's not a friendly (laughs) plant.
0: Maybe the tomato is the big bastard now that we talk about it. I mean. So
2: I want to be very clear, though. I want to make sure that we do put some respect on the tomato, its name, because it is a glorious Vegetable or fruit. I, you know, it I is don't want to put respect
0: to the name. I want to put respect to the people that grow it every year mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. don't realize how hard it is. Mm-hmm. That's who I want mm-hmm. to have the respect. I yeah. mean, I think all of you and let's be honest, it's ninety nine percent of the gardeners. Yeah. We all grow it every year, even though it's hard. Both, you know,
2: both put respect of us on on the, ha- the, the plant itself and the gardener.
0: Both of us have written off squash. Mm-hmm. and in our sometime in our garden and have you ever even thought about writing off a tomato never see
2: you're gonna take tomato plants out of my cold dead hands see? before i stop growing them in my
0: garden <laughs> see what i'm saying you know and it can be so frustrating but that's all good
2: yeah do you have another one yeah i have what well, a couple more um you could decide how f- long we're going here um so i'm gonna say lettuce and namely because of the summer time, right? So is it possible to grow lettuce in the summer? Yes. Is it hard to grow lettuce in the summer? Yes. Um, and it's difficult just because of the nature of the plant. This is one of those moments where we're stretching something. We're asking our gardens to do something that it really doesn't want to do for many of us. There are people that live in cooler climates that are just fine. Um, so the way I've found to combat that is to find um, varieties that are more heat tolerant um, so that aren't as quick to to bolt so their dna has been made to give you a little bit more life out of that plant um, i think other things that i've not tried but you could try you know shade cloth uh, could help with combating things that succumb to the heat um, the reality is though enjoy lettuce in the cooler times i all think all of is that the answer. equals difficult. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You intervening in a way that isn't natural necessarily in your garden.
0: And so I will let that one slide because that's a spring vegetable.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. that's a spring yeah. vegetable. Yeah. So
0: I'll let that one slide because of my next one. Uh huh. And um, my ne- my next one is Brussels sprouts. Mm-hmm.
1: So mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. technically
0: mm-hmm. a summer. Yeah. But you, like in yeah. my area, I have to plant it in July. Yeah. Okay. So and it is. It's hard, man, because you start it in July and you grow it and then you grow it and 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 you keep growing and going. I mean, look, this is my third. This will be my fourth year trying to grow a Brussels sprout and I still have not eaten a Brussels sprout. So if that doesn't attest to something being difficult and I know that that is in my area that's due to heat and it's also due to like the length of time that it has to grow. And I'm just, you know, I think this year I got a plan though. I got a plan. I think this is the year. This is the year. I say it every year. But this is my year for the Brussels sprout. But it just makes it difficult because you go through the whole summer. You're battling the heat. Mm-hmm. Then you come into the fall and then you battle, you know, all of the brassica bugs and stuff like that. that yeah. eat it. And, you know, by the time you get to it, you're like, damn, just give me a damn Brussels sprout, you know. Yeah. So.
2: Anything that has like that's around the 115, 120 day mark, kind of even over 100 days. I think when you're growing them across seasons, you know, like you said, starting in the spring, you have to keep that plant healthy, right? So it's going to be higher maintenance. You have to keep that plant healthy throughout the summer, and you're basically hopeful in that fall um in some cases i imagine it's the reverse of it depending on your climate you could be starting in the fall going through winter um yeah man so much so where i saw those plants when i was purchasing the other starter plants based on my um you know history two years running of killing brassicas (laughs) when i started them indoors (laughs) so i was out in the stores and i saw brussels sprouts i looked at the number of days i did have you in my head i'm just like it's just not worth it for me this year i'm just you know I'm looking for wins, and I'm gonna do it. Yeah, I enjoy them, but you know, and I'm not gonna say I'll never grow them. um, But yeah, not this year. So
0: this is the year for me. Yeah, write it down in your little books,
2: all your little books. All y'all listening. Nobody has a notebook besides you, Ben, and you, and you. I'm looking around for the notebook. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's right.
2: It's April, man. There's no way in the world there's still some reference to this notebook.
0: So, um, but yeah, I, I think, um, you know, even though it's not technically, but I have to start growing it in the mm-hmm, summer. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and lump it in. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good one because there's also that whole idea of what you're planting in the summer versus what you're harvesting in the summer versus what you have to go grow throughout the summer. And it's really easy to kind of mistake a vegetable for a summer vegetable just because it's in your garden at some point during that summer right and right. then there's a the whole idea of should it ever be um all right so my last one go ahead and this one is a bit controversial i think because some years are better than others some years are are not so much it's the sweet pepper so I'm again, specifically saying sweet pepper and not hot pepper. Um, sweet peppers are touch and go for me. You know, sometimes I'm producing two and I'm, let's focus in on bale peppers, right? So sometimes I'm producing two or three peppers on a whole plant, um, Sometimes I've noticed some pollination issues and I'm just not taking my toothbrush or my paintbrush out there. I'm not there yet. Um, I think that they can easily get crowded out depending on kind of how you do your spacing. Um, They need room. And again, these are bigger peppers and the plants are bigger. Um, I think, you know, recommendations for it is to give those plants some space um, prepare yourself for this thing not to put on a ton of fruit. Also, I want it to fully ripen on the vine, so that's my preference. So if I yeah. have a bell pepper that's going to ultimately be uh, a yellow pepper, I'm not going to harvest it when it's green. So your general, you know, green bell pepper is not uh, mature. You're gonna be waiting
0: a long time to get a red pepper or a yellow pepper. Exactly,
2: it's not mature, and it's 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 actually ripe when that green pepper turns red. That's the right. freaking whole season, you know what I'm saying, yeah. in my neck of the woods. Um, now I will
0: say, I know you're not like, I'm not out there to paintbrush or anything like mm-mm. that. I did it before and it was worth it because it was 15 minutes of doing it. Mm-hmm. And then the, two days later I had stuff and it just, it made it worth yeah. it for me. You know, yeah. I didn't get all technical about it. I was like, well, I, I could do this one. Just mm-hmm. You know, I just went through and just... You know, put on a little berry White in the background and just, you know, <laughs> slick my eyebrows back and went to town. You know what I mean? And yeah. next thing you know, we had cucumbers and stuff like that because I had pollination issues before as well. Mm-hmm. But um, all that stuff, um, you know, bell peppers are difficult, which is why there's not a bell pepper in my garden this
2: year. Really?
0: Mama. Really?
2: Yeah. Interesting.
0: Yeah. So we're not doing bell peppers this year because of the same thing. I mean, I get peppers mm-hmm. and I grow peppers. And sometimes they're big, sometimes they're small. Sometimes there's a lot, sometimes there's not, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, I year I was just like, I'm going to go off the rails and try something new.
2: And meaning not try it at all. Yeah. I mean, it's even the, I've had... No,
0: meaning a different varieties to satisfy that sweet pepper need. Okay. Which bell peppers aren't that sweet for the record.
2: Well, I've had, listen, man, when you get a good pepper, I've had a sweet red pepper, um... How many good peppers have you gotten on your garden, though? I feel embarrassed. Like, I could probably don't. count on a couple of hands. Like, I'm like, oh, this is the shit. You know what I'm saying? Um, they all are better quality than what, I, than what I buy out of the store. And I typically yeah. don't buy peppers in the store because of the expense and because it's kind of like it's just you're adding it to a dish because a dish calls for it. Or you grew up making it with, you know, bell peppers in it. Um I yeah I mean I was going to say I've seen peppers while I've been waiting for them to ripen rot and that's so fucking disappointing man you've been waiting and watching and waiting and watching and it's like when the hell did this happen so um, it's totally worth it for me to continue to grow them and I don't know if there's some magical trick that I haven't figured out which is also goes back to the whole there are only a couple of things you can even do to influence it so it's
0: time It's all time thing, Mm -hmm, I think, mm -hmm. you know, and I think you can really get down to pruning as well.
2: Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. think pruning can really
0: help, but it's a time thing.
2: Yeah. Be careful Um, with the pruning because those big fruit need those leaves to protect it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, Mine. My last one Mm -hmm.
0: is not going to be popular, but white potatoes.
2: Oh, shit. (laughs)
0: <laughs> white potatoes and i mean it's a time thing it's a bug thing and it's a space thing and just all in all i haven't had like Now, i will say this part of it is i don't care enough to have good luck with white potatoes mm-hmm. i think is a big part of it mm-hmm. because and i've said this before and i'll say it again and i say it on the backyard kitchen out now go check it out um It's five dollars for a five-pound bag of potatoes, so do I need to really focus on like I mean, were your potatoes you grew? Do they taste any better than what you got out get out of the store?
2: I don't want to talk about this.
0: I do. I want to spend
2: two minutes talking about it. No, they weren't. (laughs) Um, I agree with all that you've said. I love white potatoes, although, you know, my blood work probably says I should be cutting back on them. But anyway, <laughs> um, I think growing potatoes is just a beautiful thing. I'm um, going to continue to do it. Uh, but it's really kind of that, you know, the reward compared to what you've put into it. Um, potatoes are also one of those veggies that you have to be careful what follows it, you know, um, mm-hmm. at least from what I've read. Yeah, man. I'm growing them this I year, think- though.
0: I specifically just said screw it this year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I put them into my plan, mm-hmm. and then I just said no. Yeah. I'm not going to do it because it's just not worth it to me. Yeah, no. you know what I mean. And I felt the same way about onions, and I'm growing onions this year. But you know, onions can give me a different flavor than a potato. I just don't believe that the potato mm-hmm. is going to make that much of a difference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Final answer. Holla I respect at your it. Boy.
2: I respect it, man.
0: Do you? I thought you were going to have a hard time with that one.
2: I mean, I, th- I think, I don't know, this is like new, almost summer version of me. I'm a realist. It's the same thing about tomatoes. Just because I love them, just because most years I have good luck with them, doesn't mean that it's not hard. Potatoes, I mean, it's I'm so early in my potato growing career <laughs> as a gardener that I'm still so hopeful, you know. But every time yeah. every time I go to the grocery store and I see a bag, I think my three pound bags are more like four ninety nine, you know, so five bucks for like a three pound bag of organic potatoes, let me just be clear. It's just I just look at it and say, What the fuck am I doing? You know? Yeah. Like
0: yeah. I mean, it's just it's crazy and I feel like or is better focus. I mean, you know, space is a premium in a garden mm-hmm, mm-hmm. unless you live on a farm. So yeah. I think it's just it's important to be like, no, this is, you know, I'm a, I'm a call it like I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I'm so, not planting that potato this year. I'm not going to fight the Colorado potato beetle in <laughs> North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to deal with the disease. I'm just not going to do it.
2: Yeah. Colorado and, um, potato beetle blight. You know, um, yeah. I think that now,
0: blight can ravish a potato way more than anything else Mm -hmm. from what i understand Mm -hmm. so
2: Um, one of the quick notes that i i tried to do when i got sucked into it um, was not grow potatoes that i could find in the store so not grow your red potatoes i'm growing them this year not grow your um golden you know your yukon goals i'm growing them this year um but there's a reason
0: why those are in the store
2: what what's the reason
0: because they're easier to grow yeah. probably
2: <laughs> uh, but uh, but instead grow things that I would never see in the store a purple potato right I'm interested in it um, you know there's some uniqueness around potatoes that also should influence the flavor of them as well so that's my that's where I'm trying to lean towards um, I got yoked in when I saw some you know some spuds starter spuds at a really reasonable price and so here I am <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah So, um, look, I'm hungry, are you?
2: Did you hear that?
0: I did. Whose recipe is it?
2: I'm not sure, but we'll figure it out when we come back from the break.
0: From the recipe of the day featuring Backyard Gardens Podcast. (laughs) I think it's... Okay. Okay. I am a self-proclaimed turnip master. Oh. Okay. I've grown turnips all year. Mm-hmm. I started, my first time growing turnips was this year. Mm-hmm. And I've harvested, I think we've added up 30 to 40 pounds of uh, mm-hmm. turnips this year. And so what you see on inst- on my Instagram page is just a smidget. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm going to give out um, a side dish, which is just a turnip mash. Mm-hmm. But, and it's um, the root,
2: just a note
0: yeah so funny story i don't eat the greens Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i don't eat the greens at all um we feed them to our chickens like yeah and and it's interesting because a lot of people don't eat the root Mm -hmm. they only eat the greens but i prefer collards over the green of the so anyways as every human should (laughs) (laughs) do you like turnip greens
2: Uh, they're okay. I mean, I, again, I prefer, um, It's also though, for those that do, you can get them a lot sooner than the root actually developing. So there is that, you know?
0: Yeah. But you know, they, they grow fast either way. So I'm also on a journey to better my health Mm -hmm. as I have been for basically my entire life. Mm -hmm. You know, Papa Bear is a big guy. So, um, going to a nutritionist and we were talking and I said, you know, I eat out of my garden and within the reasons of my health and stuff like that, there's certain things I can and can't eat. So I've kind of put her to the test and said like, this is how we eat seasonal and we eat out of our garden Mm -hmm. as much as possible. So um, we were talking about uh, meals and stuff like that. And she was talking about like, yeah, you can have like one potato, Mm -hmm. right? Like a normal, but not a baking potato, Mm -hmm. but like one potato. And I was like, well, you know, we're eating turnips right now. She's like, well, just one turnip. I'm like, turnips are lower in carbohydrates Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: and she's like well I don't know she went to go look it up and it was like I could have seven turnips wow seven versus one potato okay so there's a there's a nutritional balance for you I'm interested in this
2: recipe because well I'll tell you once you get to the end of it
0: So basically all it is is turnip mashed potatoes. Mm -hmm. Um, And we use, so we specifically still use regular potatoes, but we cut it heavily with our turnips. Mm -hmm. And um, the trick is with these is because turnips have a higher water content, we don't add milk to it. Okay. So you're just going to mash them normally. You're going to boil them all the same Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And then you're going to mash them. Um, We put a little bit of butter in them. So, you know, a little bit of fat's good for you. Uh, we add salt, pepper. Actually, I'll take that back. We don't add any salt. We add garlic salt. Oh. And pepper. Uh-huh. Okay. And then, I mean, that's basically it. Well, so um,
2: that's huge. I actually planted um, some turnips. I did the purple tops and the gold tops. Um, and the actual root itself should be that color. And it's with the intention of folding it in and not fully subbing it for potatoes, but exactly how you're describing. I was uh, curious around it because... Sometimes the vegetable itself isn't the biggest problem. It's the how we, uh, we dress it up, right? So yeah. how much butter are you adding? How much milk are you adding? How much salt are you adding? Um, right. So I'm pleased to hear about, you know, kind of the higher water content because that does yeah, allow you to eliminate water,
0: it's the It's very important that you realize that it has higher water content. And I mean, sometimes we don't even add butter,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: you know, because everything like, you know, as I eat throughout the day. I kind of go like, okay, I can have a little bit extra fat or a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and then Mm -hmm. add that to it. So the butter is, you know, is here, here, or there, but it adds a different flavor to it. Mm -hmm, mm And, um, I went over, um, the weekend I went and visited my parents Mm -hmm. and I brought a bag full of turnips and I was like, you know, we're going to have dinner. So we made mashed turnips and my stepfather, he don't like to try new things sometimes, (laughs) you know, like. Like, he he likes it a certain way. Yeah, yeah. And then it doesn't need to change. And I respect that. Yeah. And we changed it on him. And halfway through the dinner, he goes, these turnips, we're eating these again.
2: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: And I okay. said, okay. You know what I mean? Because it just adds a different flavor. Now, you can also do rutabaga the same way. Rutabaga mm-hmm. and turnip are just about the same. Mm-hmm. So.
2: Time frame is a little bit different on the growing, though. Rutabagas are, rutabagas are a long, long one, too. Rutabagas take longer. Yeah
0: because rutabagas get bigger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so
2: Both hold but, up from a storing standpoint, too, pretty well. Yep, they, yep.
0: they hold up very well. I've, I've, we're using turnips that are a couple weeks old in our mm-hmm, refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you grow the, the rutabagas at home, they're not covered in wax when you bring them home. Yeah, so. it's a
2: little bit freaky, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, you know, it's just, it's another tool for your toolbox. Mm-hmm. And really what we've been focusing on this year is... We're not creating all new meals, you know. I mean, and with the the backyard kitchen coming into play, mm-hmm. it's a little bit different, too, because we're not just creating meals. We're creating side dishes and different flavor mm-hmm. profiles.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah. that's really important in your day to day meals, because as we've said before on the show, a lot of us eat the same things. Yep. We just rotate it out. So why not just eat the same thing, but change that flavor profile or tweak an ingredient a mm-hmm. little bit? You like mashed potatoes? Make a little bit healthier, lighter option. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah.
2: I also, um, I'm not sure what's going to happen this summer, you know, when it comes to the world opening up. Um, but I also know that for those that eat at home a lot, to your point of us eating the same things over and over, it's really nice to have some options to kind of switch some things up. You yeah. know, um, a and lot so of... At the, go, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say a lot of what I do when it comes to like, I do, if I go out, I mean, I do have a burger when I go out. It's not like that's never something that I eat, but I I have a filter that I go through up. I want to, when I go out to eat something, to a restaurant to eat something that isn't easily made at home by myself, you know, something different, something, you know, it's a treat of sorts, whether it should or shouldn't, it's a whole different conversation. Um, And I love the idea of there's some things that you're making now at home that yeah. you know, aren't as common even in a restaurant, right?
0: Well, and that's the thing. Like, this year in 2021, at the time of the airing of this show, we've only eaten at a restaurant mm-hmm. three times this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why. We, went, we wanted to go as long as we could, and yeah. we went to a restaurant, and they were like, this shit sucks. <clears throat> like, I got to stand here and wait in line, yeah, and then I got to be around all these people that are like all sneezing all over me and like, I'm all set. And then you get your food and you're like, and the food's not even that good. And then I get the bill and I'm like, damn, yeah. I could have cooked five meals for the price of this.
2: I was thinking about this specific thing this weekend and I was, you know, because I haven't sat at a restaurant since, I mean, at this stage, early 2020, maybe even 2019. Um, and... Again, my choice right and so I was thinking about it because a lot of it is the experience the socializing right you know um, and there are some really good restaurants that have some really good chefs that produce some really good food But that's not what we oftentimes experience, right? So so there is that. There are things that people are classically trained. So totally not a thing in food, but I'm going to say it anyway. And they are producing some damn good food. But Mm -hmm. I'd say the majority of when I'm out with family and friends, or even if I stop at a restaurant by myself, it is to grab a bite. And it's like sometimes even mediocre, you know, not even to say you know good. So anyway, as
0: my stepfather puts it, uh, how how is your uh, how's your meal? We go to a restaurant. He goes, it'll make a turd, and then he walks out. You're terrible. You know what I mean?
2: yeah, let's, yeah, but I mean, if you put it, it I know it's gross, mm-hmm. but if you
0: think about it, like that's really <laughs> bad if you're paying for something and that's the best you can describe yeah, it. You yeah, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like that's really sad. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So yeah. Just spice up your meals. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, well, also with the, I'm going to go back to the turnips because the quantity. One thing uh, we talk about, like it's better in your garden. Like, oh, this is you know ten times better. That's not always true. And in the cases that it is, sometimes it takes a few at bats to get that you know meal or that side dish or whatever have you to that place. So turnips as an example. Um, Based on the quantity that it can produce, based on its storing time, you get a couple of times you can try eating it different ways, right? So, yeah. um, I'm well, really looking. See, we
0: make we make the potatoes and then we'll make pancakes after that. Mm, to pot- mm-hmm. You know, the mm-hmm. turnip pancakes, mm-hmm. and then you know we'll kind of use it throughout. But that's been the number one way we've consumed them, and I've i thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'm, let me tell you, yeah, the first that we made. You could have drank them with a straw, buddy.
1: It was rough.
0: I mean, we were like, you know, you're you're kind of you're like whatever, and then we kind of figured out like it was the water content, you Turn know,
2: smoothie. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was rough, but uh, you know, it, you can kind of let it go wild after that. But um, you know, that's kind of the big thing that we're talking about now. Uh,
2: yeah. So before we close out, a couple of things. If you've made it here, thanks for listening. Um, if you basically didn't and exited earlier you can't hear this but thanks for listening to as much as you did but in all seriousness for these vegetables that we've listed if you have tips that we didn't share Please do write into your congressperson. No, <laughs> check us out on Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. Share it with us so we can share it with others. Um, and I'm just interested in some super duper hard things that you're growing in your garden that maybe we didn't listen. And maybe we can help with um, that we didn't list. And maybe we can help you work your way through them. So check us out. Yeah.
0: Because it's important to realize that even though we said that they are hard, we're still growing. Mm-hmm. Majority I think of them. Almost all of them. Mm-hmm. Between the two of us, we are growing. Yeah. So that doesn't mean you can't grow it, but you've heard our easiest. Mm-hmm. Now you've heard our hardest mm-hmm. and we grow all of it. So, um, but that's what we're here for. That's what you guys are here for. Like she said, hit us up, let us know. Um, but I'm gonna go ahead and tell you one thing. I'm gonna give you some homework. Okay. <gasps> Me? Everybody. Everybody. Oh, wow. I want okay. you to go to Backyard Gardens on YouTube and check out. The backyard kitchen and learn how to make some pancakes that are nothing like you had before i mean these these things are out of this world with S- c- spices and everything else in them so. so you know
2: how you're not supposed to go to the grocery store hungry yeah <laughs> eat before you watch because you're gonna like i was so <laughs> tempted and i'm just like oh no like i'm Do not it. gonna it's not going to be the same i am going to try the recipe though because they look yep, so, so good it. yeah
0: Check it out. Um, We'll have more episodes coming out. We're about to film the next season. And um, thank you for entering the contest that we have. closes in two days. So if you have not signed up, go sign up. And until next time, learn to grow, grow to change, continue to wear a mask, be safe, eat some turnips, dig into some dirt, and see ya.